This is a CJSR podcast. Just a quick warning before the show, there are curse words that are unbeeped in this week's episode. And I don't think we should ever censor ourselves as, as artists. If there's pain that we're going through, I think that we need to express it. But I think that there, there also has to be context for the pain that we're going through. Hey, I'm B-Boye Onanuga, and this is High Level Hip Hop. Fresh music from CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton on Treaty 6 territory. Welcome to High Level Hip Hop, the latest show from CJSR and a six-week deep dive into Edmondson's hip-hop scene and the artists shaping it. My name is B-Boye, and I'm a musician based in Edmonton. I'll also be your host for this season. And for the next six weeks, you'll hear me at the start of every episode, introducing the topic, setting things in motion, and maybe even doing a few interviews. And with me today, I have... With him today, he has me, Tom DeKezzi. In addition to being another one of the hosts of the show, I'm also a writer, student, left-handed advocate, and general man about town. For the purposes of the show, though, all you need to know about me is that I'm a resident hip-hop head. Tristan and Vanessa are the other two hosts, but you'll meet them in future episodes. Some of my favorite humans. By the way, listeners, get used to B-Boy referring to people as humans, despite the fact that he's not actually an alien. It's just a thing he does. That's true. I can't admit it. (laughs) But B-Boy, I have a question. Yeah, Tom, I sense that you have a candid, completely unscripted question to ask me. As a matter of fact, I do. Okay, shoot. Well, now that the listeners know who you are and who I am, we should probably explain what the show is about, right? Ah, yes. The show, as in this show, High Level Hip Hop. Excellent name, by the way. We try. We try. But yeah, do you want to tell the listeners what the show's about? Mm, the thing uh, a part of me the thing is a part of me doesn't want to seriously yeah seriously beyond the fact that this is a weekly podcast and a radio show that comes out on tuesdays at 9 p.m and features conversations with some of the most interesting humans in edmonton's hip-hop scene i just i don't want to give too much away think about it okay okay i'm thinking the reason we named the show high level hip-hop isn't just because we're gonna talk about hip-hop on a high level i see what you did there and i do not approve we also did it as an ode to edmonton a sneaky subliminal that local listeners could pick up on immediately and it's not that we want to separate our listeners into insiders and outsiders but at the same time we want to talk about the city with the familiarity of locals it's kind of like if you know you know but if you don't know hopefully you'll figure it out as you listen along you know okay okay this is starting to ring a bell One quick question. Is there going to be music? Come on. This is CJSR, not NPR. Every episode is going to end with a track from that week's featured artists that they personally recorded at CJSR Studios. Some of the tracks have never been heard before, while others are reimagined favorites. But all of them were made to be listened right here on this show. But, Bibuwe, one more question. Yeah? Just to get it straight, 
that's all the stuff that you don't want to share with the listeners, right? Exactly, exactly. I say let's let's just let them figure it out as they listen along. Okay, okay, just making sure. So, B-Boy, what's the first episode about? What do you have ready for us? Shouldn't I be asking you that? Like, that's why you're you're starting the show off with me, right? I'm the regular. You're you're the guest, kind of. Uh, you're you're a pretty sharp human. You know that. Alleged human. Alleged indeed. Before our very first episode, I actually want to build off of your not so secret secret about why we're making the show and actually talk to someone who understands what makes Edmonton's hip hop scene different. Uh, there's, there's Drake. No, not Drake. There's Arlo Maverick. Uh, of course, I should have known that. It's embarrassing. I actually recently became Arlo's drummer, so we know each other pretty well. Actually, we were t- talking on the phone yesterday. Then you understand better than most why Arlo is the perfect person to kick off our debut episode. In addition to being a longtime CJSR host and verified Edmonton hip-hop historian, Arlo has actually been busy adding to that history with an over 20-year hip-hop career, starting with legendary Edmonton rap group Politic Live and transitioning into his own successful solo career. Those are all true facts. When it comes to Arlo Maverick, he's been able to build a sustainable decades-long career by allowing his music to mature with him, but also keeping things fresh by constantly inviting new voices like cool jazz drummers who say humans a lot. I think we're overstating how much I say humans now. (laughs) I don't know about that. But because of Arlo's unique position as someone who is intimately familiar with the history of Edmonton's hip-hop scene, but also actively involved in shaping its future as a mentor, radio host, and a constantly evolving artist, I couldn't think of a better way to kick off the show than talking to him. You know what? Neither can I. Let's get into it. Let's. So I actually wanted to ask you, we're going to go in cold. I'm just going to ask you a question, um, yeah, which, which <laughs> I've had on my mind. Um, it's your bio, your Instagram bio and your Twitter bio. Um, yes. The music, <laughs> music is well-rounded like Beyonce's hips. <laughs> music is well-rounded like Beyonce's hips. Um, can you explain that? Because the thing is, when you're a rapper yeah, and met- metaphors are your business, like if, if you, it, you're, like the metaphor you use is important. It says a lot. You know, you yeah. can say a lot of yeah. different things. And I'm wondering, like, why do you describe yourself as music that's well-rounded like Beyonce's hips? Uh, what's funny about that is that it's actually a lyric from uh, our debut album, Notoriety, and it was Dirk Gritty yeah. who actually said the lyric in a song called um, The Epic of the MC. Um, and when I heard that lyric, I was just like, it's one of those lyrics where you hear it and you're like, I wish I would have thought of that, you know? Um, but I didn't uh-huh, think of that. Uh-huh. But then I'm like, yo, I'm taking that, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Blatantly. You don't even, you don't even cite him in your bio. You don't even little hell no, hell no, hell no. That's, 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 that's my cousin knows still. That's my cousin knows still, man. So, so he, he appreciates the, the ode to him. Um, and yeah, it, it's also a way for, for me to always keep the spirit of Polylab around. But the whole purpose of it was the whole fact that like, um, I think as if you're describing Arlo Maverick, if you're describing uh, Politic Live, then I do think that we have touched on almost every possible subject you could think of when it comes to um, uh, making hip hop music. And I think that a lot of times hip hop artists will stick within one lane. And because of that, 
um, they're not able to have a great breadth of, of, of uh, topics or content that they actually provide to the listeners. And as human beings, we have a range of emotions. So when I say that, uh, or when Gritty says lyrics is well-rounded like Beyonce's hips, it's, it's obviously an, uh, uh, admiring Beyonce for how beautiful she is as a black woman <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. With, uh, with amazing curves. But it's also just reflecting on the fact that hip-hop MCs used to be well-rounded um Nas who's one of my favorite hip-hop MCs of all times like he's touched on every possible topic you could think of and it's just like to me that's where I want to see hip-hop go so um I I love the whole fact that it's a conversation starter because then it it um it allows us to remember that hip-hop was once about being as diverse as possible and also talking about every possible subject that you could think about because um Hip hop is life, and and life is life changes from day to day, and and you need that soundtrack to your experiences, and that's what hip hop still is, but at the same time, though, not as varied as it once was. You know? Yeah, that's that's interesting because yeah, when I when I first read that, um, I was thinking like more sonically, like you know, just like experimenting different sounds, which you obviously do. You like you have yeah. like reggae elements and like funk and 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 R and B stuff. But that's interesting because you talk about like thematically that you seem that that's what you were really. Um, focusing on because i know even some conversations i've had with people it's like it's exactly what you're saying like sometimes it feels as though rap can kind of get pigeonholed and like these just yeah. these certain topics um and it's hard to get out of it so yeah it's it, uh, it's interesting to see like that's kind of where you're coming from with that um but i know even even like i i don't want to make this whole podcast about your instagram bio but <laughs> i know no, go ahead, um, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> this is yeah, pretty unexpected i guess people <laughs> but um but I was thinking, because also, like, the fact that you use Beyonce as the example there, it almost, like, makes you of a certain generation. Generation, yeah. Because obviously, yeah. like, Beyonce, because obviously Beyonce, like, she's she's been the celebrity crush for, for a whole, like, smooth, like, millions of people, yeah. and she's aging perfectly. Um, yeah. But I think, like, obviously, like, for, for, like, younger kids, if they had to name their celebrity crush, they probably wouldn't say Beyonce, because for them, she's been, yeah. like, a mother, <laughs> I never thought about that. Tom, I never thought about that. Damn, I got to change my body. These Yo. are the things, man. These are the things. Yo, see? Now I'm changing my... After this, I'm changing my bio, man. I'm changing my bio. No, no, no. no but, I, but I think it fits because it kind of shows that, like, okay, like, you... Like, it kind of puts, like, like where you came up with. Like, it shows, like, kind of where you came up with. But obviously, you're still active and still making music yeah. and still evolving. Um, and I think it kind of goes really well into, into something else I was curious about um and and maybe kind of where i want the conversation to go a little bit is because you are sort of uh obviously you're a rapper but you're also like a like a historian like like a hip-hop historian for the city um i know um in in the vice article which was written about you in 2017 i believe it was yeah um, 2017 you said like oh i'm a i'm a man of many hats who happens to rap which yeah. is low-key a bar. I don't know if you use that in the song. Like, <laughs> not, not yet. Not, it yet, does, not it, yet. It does rhyme. I'm just, just letting you know. <laughs> in case. <laughs> I got I to gotta find the right song to put it into. Man. The right song. Yeah, man. Make sure you credit me, though. I know you have, like, you be stealing. You be stealing. <laughs> I'm not a biter. I'm a creditor. So I'm telling you, man. I have my lawyers. Um, <laughs> no, but anyway. No, no, no. I, I don't want to go off the top of though, because, like, um, cause you do so many different things. Like you are obviously the host of, uh, of, uh, urban hang suite on, on CJSR for, for over a decade, um, hip hop for hunger, obviously your stuff with politic live and also the solo artist. Um, 
and and to kind of kind of give listeners like a little sneak preview at the end of the episode we're going to play the track uh you wrote for, for, the, for the episode um kind regards and that one's really interesting because you're almost like going through the history of edmonton's hip-hop scene you're name dropping the different like um the titans the giants the legends who kind of yeah. helped uh create uh what edmonton is as far as hip-hop goes um and and so i guess to kind of bring it back to you i'm curious about like where do you fit into that history of Edmonton's hip hop scene? You know, kind of going back to like the eighties with the B boys and, you know, the, the workers coming from the Jamaicans coming from Toronto back and forth at Edmonton and also like some New York connections. I want to know like where you fit in with that um, and kind of where you drew your influences from. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I've never been asked a question in regards to where I fit in. Um, I guess because you uh, do though you do. I I, I, I do. Was, it's one of those things where 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 because of the fact that I've always been um, just observing and uh, just documenting and cataloging so much, you never say, okay, well, what at what point in time does Arlo Maverick come in? At what point in time does Paul Glass come in? Like, obviously, I'm aware yeah. of it, but I never really critically thought about that. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that that um, so if okay, so so. Just to give context in regards to to where um, where my relationship with hip hop essentially begins, it all starts mm-hmm. with um, my cousin Donovan, who would play uh, like UTFO uh, cassette tapes around the house, and I still have like vivid memories of like hearing uh, Roxanne Roxanne play out of his uh, his bedroom window. And what's crazy about it is that the the home I grew up in in Ormsby. I have no memories of being inside the house at all. The only memories I have are outdoors. <laughs> but one of the fondest memories I have is just like yeah. hearing UTFO play all the time. Um, and so that is kind of like, yeah, that's the first time I ever hear hip hop. And I'm just like, there's something about it that I just love. And my cousins, uh, Dirk Ritty and Big Anolte, like we were just little kids who just loved it. And so that kind of is our introduction to the culture. But then as time goes by, um, I'm fascinated by all these MCs that I see around me. And like in those days we had Rap City. Um actually I don't think Rap City was out yet. We just had uh Extendemix. Wow. I'd have to 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 double check, but um yeah. growing up there wasn't really much access to hip hop music. Um mm-hmm. but there were those who actually had who could get it and it would spread like wildfire, you know, and so I would go to school and I was a kid who was like, yo, this guy's always rapping, dancing, so on and so forth, because dance was like being a B-boy and popping and locking was like a big, big thing, you know? And so... Yeah. Was um, that the dream initially? Or? I, no, to tell you the truth, I, I did not even have aspirations of going to music at all um, <laughs> outside of like <laughs> emulating like Michael Jackson and so on and so forth. Like music was... Drawing was a big thing for me. You know, I thought I was going to be oh, either a drawer or play soccer, you know? Um, or be a police officer like my father, but um, it was seeing a woman by the name of Debbie Carpenter um, in church write a rhyme for the first, t- like, this is my first time ever seeing anybody write a rhyme, right? And she's yeah, there, yeah. she's just, and she was there with other people as well too, but like, she's there just like crossing out ideas and like writing and so on and so forth and thinking about them, just like, it was like, just seeing like, it was like the like the 10th the wonder of the world, just seeing her do this, because I was just like, this little kid where it's just like, oh my gosh, she's writing a rap. And it was like the coolest thing. And yeah. it was called uh, Straight Up From The Ice Age. And so I went home 
and wrote a rhyme which was exactly like it and i wrote it in like my my like this uh, guy. <laughs> yeah. okay, yo you're a kid you don't know what to do man it's just like yo i just saw the coolest thing in the world and now i've got to do the same thing so <laughs> and that, now i bite tom now i bite tom. <laughs> But yeah, no, so I went I went home and I started to, to write raps and then, then all of a sudden it's just like, then it's weird because like the 90s, there was like this whole era where like there was all these kid groups. So Criss Cross, ABC, um, The Youngsters, uh, Quo, like a whole bunch of like uh, stuff was like coming out of like the Atlanta area. And that would become our inspiration in the sense of like, yo, we could do this, like blah, blah, blah. And yeah. um at this point in time, I'm still a nobody on the scene. Like, no one even knows about me or anything like that. And what's crazy mm-hmm. is that literally as I go into, um, go into junior high, um, again, my, my world is still very small, still not connected with, 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 with the greater hip-hop scene that's out there. And, and uh, over the course of time, I would realize that there was a larger history that was taking place at that very moment um, I'm introduced to CDSR. And yeah, yeah. as I'm introduced to CDSR, um, some friends of mine are just like, yo, there's this uh, station. Because there was nowhere that you could hear hip-hop on the radio in those times, except for Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. They used to have the syndicated show that came in from the U.S. that would play uh, strictly hip-hop, R&B, um, yeah. music. And it was like the, the biggest thing in the city. I can't remember. I think it was uh, either King Radio. I honestly can't remember the, the station. Um, it eventually became Power 92 or whatever it was. But they would play it. But what's fascinating about that is it wasn't until years later that having a conversation with... Um, and I know I'm all over the place, but it's going to make sense to the No, bit, no, okay? I'm following. I'm following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It wasn't until years later that having a conversation with uh, Teddy Pemberton, better known as T-E-D-D-Y, uh, Cadence Weapon's father, that he would let me know that there were DJs from the other shows who would actually listen in on his show and call in and be like, hey, what was that song? And then all of a sudden they would be playing it a few weeks later. So mm-hmm. it was a situation where hip hop wasn't necessarily accepted and even black music as a whole wasn't accepted. But when something seemed to be working, then they'd actually like try to, to dig in and bring it to their platform, you know, platform, you know, platform, platform, you know, platform, you know, platform. That becomes where I begin to realize that there is a larger community. As I'm introduced to CJSR, I start realizing, like, yo, like this hip hop on, on the radio. Right around that time, uh, again, I'm just I'm starting to create my own raps, creating my own songs, recording like little little mixtapes or whatever. And it wasn't until a little bit later when I'm introduced to a guy by the name of uh, Fabian Myers, who um, became my rap partner in a group called uh, Elusive Image. And then we have like a bigger group called Juveniles, and I think that's where I eventually start making a name for myself. You've had a long career, like over 20 years. Um, yeah. And I know like in, in hip hop, that's like, that's, it's rare because most rappers, they, they just don't last that long. Um, and, and you know, it's interesting that you mentioned maybe that all motivation. these people. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, no, it really might be because I think if you are someone who like your, 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 your um, definition of success is having a hundred million dollars. If you don't reach that, then it's kind of like, why, why do I keep doing this? And I'm sure, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I can't get in people's heads, but I'm sure that's why a lot of, a lot of people quit. But, um, it, you know, seeing as you've had this really long career, and I know you mentioned that a lot of people in Edmonton's hip hop scene, 
like a lot of those like OGs are still around. They're just maybe doing different things because yeah. I know for a lot of people, um, myself included, I kind of thought of you as like the one of the last survivors. You know, <laughs> like you kind of see um, <laughs> like I don't I don't know if you're into basketball, but you'll see pictures of like LeBron's um, draft class, like the 2003 yeah. draft class. And it's like yeah. everyone's like retired, left the league, yeah, Lithuania, yeah. and then it's just yeah. like LeBron is the only one. Left. <laughs> still in the NBA, still in the NBA, hasn't gone over the <laughs> Yeah, and Carmelo, of course. Um, but <laughs> no, but I, I, soon. <laughs> no, but and, and and I think a lot of people, um, and not obviously now maybe a little bit different. Now that you mentioned that, but a lot of people kind of maybe view you as like one of the like the the last remaining people from from I guess those previous previous generations and so I'm wondering how you do that because hip-hop is like notoriously um it it evolves very quickly yeah and I think a lot of times it gets the reputation of just being like um like a young man's sport you know like you got to be 17 18 19 20 to, to be a rapper um and that was the case for a while like rappers up until the last 10 years, rappers did not age gracefully. Like, look at people like oh. Julio. And... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's rough out there. Once you hit, like, 35, <laughs> as a rapper, like, it gets... It's, it's really rough. Harry, man. <laughs> no, but, 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 <laughs> no, but it's interesting because, like, in the last, like, I, I see probably the last 5, 10 years, yeah. you've seen, even just talking about mainstream rap, a lot of rappers are aging with the genre and almost like yeah. aging the genre. Like you see Jay-Z drop an album in his fifties and it's, it's, it's a fantastic album, like four, 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 like Kanye's in his forties, Pusha T's in his forties, Little Wayne is pushing 40. Um, Freddie Gibbs is, is like pushing 40. And, and so I guess from your perspective, as someone who's been around for a while, I'm wondering like, how do you, how did you evolve your sound with the city sound? Um, and and maybe if you could like detail like maybe when you listen to your earlier music and your current like guess your most recent album came out a few weeks ago at this point um how how do you how would you describe that evolution um before i get to that i do want to say that there are some people still from uh yeah 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 class uh shouts out to these fantastic shouts out to touch um uh yeah there there i think that there are part of it is, is the love that you have for the craft. Like um, there are some people where it's just like, okay, they look at how um, rapping can make them popular or make them cool or open this opportunity, so on and so forth. And so they start doing it. And when those opportunities don't come fast enough, they're just like, man, this is, it is what it is. And then they just keep it moving. You know? Yeah. Um, I think that uh, for me, it's always been the thing where it's just like, this has been in my my life from my earliest memories. Um, and it's been therapeutic. I've seen the impact that it's had on other people um, uh, through the songs that I've created. And I think that one thing that, um, one thing that is fascinating is if you go back and listen to uh, the first Politic Live album, Notoriety, um, there is a, a song on there called Halfway, right? And this song, would change my life and how I approach music um, in a weird way. Um, I've always looked like with music, and I don't think we should ever censor ourselves as, as artists. If there's pain that we're going through, I think that we need to express it. But I think that there, there also has to be context for the pain that we're going through, right? 
Yeah. And at the point in time, at that point in time when that that project came out, um, I was in a relationship with with a girl who meant the world to me. You know, um, and her and mm-hmm. I are still cool. Like we've we've been able to uh, like really. Uh, really grow as, as individuals, right? Cause you're young and, and, and just a, a lot of times you get hurt by people that you care a lot about. And so there was a song on there where some of the, some of the content on there was, was stuff that um, I was bleeding, but I wasn't uh, providing context for someone who might be younger, who doesn't understand that this is a person who is as Darren Jordan would refer to me as a wounded soul, right? <laughs> who, uh, yeah. who's, who's just trying to trying to to express and, and use his art as his therapy. And there was a young man who had heard the song halfway and uh, had asked a question in regards to the song. And um, the content that we we've made has always been mature, but the level of maturity that comes from you understanding how to communicate your your emotions without uh, uh, damaging someone else, you know? And um, yeah. I'll just use a quick, quick reference. Um, uh, Eminem, one of the greatest rappers of all time, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a lot of music out there that people would quote-unquote call problematic, right? And for him, <laughs> he, he's yeah. trying to express his reality and express his pain, so on and so forth. But he often talks about the, the, the hurt that he went through, the, whether it be his mom or him being bullied, so on and so forth. And because of that, he created his own world that allowed him to express his frustration, so on and so forth. But in his healing, that shouldn't become something that hurts someone else. And now they have to go through the process of healing, right? So yeah. I bring up this song here because... Um, when I was informed that this young man who had heard this song was like confused in regards to like, yo, like, uh, just kind of trying to understand where I was coming from, but he's too young to understand that. Right. So at that point in time, that would then completely shift how I created music. Um, and not to say that if you listen to like notoriety was an album where a lot of people, some of our, our, our most purest, like. Uh, Poly Life fans will say that that's their favorite project because unfiltered, right? But yeah, yeah. Um, with growth, you realize that you don't necessarily have to filter, but you have to be mindful of how you could be impacting somebody in a negative way, especially a younger person, you know? And so the with adaptation, people felt that we uh, it was a, a far more mature album, both sonically and lyrically, you know? And so from that mm-hmm. point there... I realized that there are ears and eyes that are constantly watching what we do, right? And if people are watching, then I have to be um, a role model, even if I don't want to be a role model, right? And if there are things that I'm going to talk about that um, that might be seen as quote-unquote problematic, then I have to be willing to um, have the conversation and the dialogue and the discourse that gives context to why I said what I said, right? Um, if you noticed um, from the time that we drop uh, Adaptation, I think, yeah, I think Adaptation is a project where you never hear me wor- use the word nigga, right? Um, yeah. The only time that I use it post Adaptation is on Ellipsis when I say, I'd rather be broke with my soul intact than to be a rich nigga that cannot go back, right? So yeah. there's context to it, you know? So I think yeah. that um, that's part of what has allowed me to age 
gracefully in hip hop music in the sense that I don't make music that is old and I don't make music mm. that's young. I try to create music that has an emotion that is timeless because whether it is a song like Solitaire that talks about uh, suicide and mental, mental health and depression, that's not a young man's topic. That's not an old man's topic. That's a human topic, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. When I talk about um, hashtag, that's not something that's just impacting old Black people. That's not just something that's impacting young Black people. That's, have, that's impacting all Black people. So I try to approach my music. This is my approach. I can't speak for everyone else, but I know that for me, I try to speak on topics that, um, I shouldn't say I try to speak on topics. I just try to present the topics that I speak on from a perspective that allows you to realize that uh, these are universal issues that, um, that, uh, yeah, they're just universal issues that, that need to be spoken on, you know? And I think that that has, and not to say I, I don't make music that uh, people can't party to, less party nowadays for the fact that, like, um, a lot of parties centers around trap music and uh, <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> trap in you know what i'm saying so 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 yeah, for me yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it, you also have to 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 know what looks what looks good on you right um i'm not a fashionable person whatsoever um and so i but i have to be mindful of not dressing in a way that makes me seem like i'm out of my mind um or that i'm trying to be too too trying to be something that i'm not you know so you have to yeah. know what works for you and and wear it well you know yeah yeah hopefully yeah, that's really, question no no it's, yeah it, it does and i think it's really significant because um you know you see a lot of rappers who don't do that and yeah. don't don't you don't just like speak their truth at whatever age they're yeah. at or whatever point in their life they're at and then you get this dynamic of where the stuff you were saying when you were 19 might have been cool and fun yeah you need to just let your music grow with you um yes Yes, and grow with your and, audience as well too, because your your audience uh, experiences certain things in their lives as they get older, and like what allows you to carry on a journey with them is if they always feel that they can always go to you um, for whatever experience they they're, they're going through, you know. And I think that that's the mistake that a lot of hip hop artists made um, years back, where it's just like they were trying to appeal to a younger audience, and it's not to say that you can't make music that that younger audience can appreciate, but you have to keep in mind that as you're getting older, the people who grew up with you are getting older and they need something. They need the soundtrack for their experiences. And that's where yeah. your ability to write a song about um, possibly saving up money for your force, for your for the down payment on your house and like going through the, the stress of like, yo, I've got to put in more hours at work in order to make sure that my baby ain't hurt, something to that effect. You know, it's just uh -huh. one of those things where you have to um, mature with your audience and give them those, those perspectives, because there's a whole audience out there. There's a whole market that wants that, but no one's doing that. And it, and it's not even just like, you got to make it cool. That's the thing with hip hop is that you got to <laughs> make it cool. If you're, if you're rapping about, 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 about missing, if I miss my next mortgage payment, I'll be out of, out of home. It's a cool, cool way. It's cool. If you're able to, 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 yeah, it's, it's, People will appreciate it if you're able to make it sound cool. Like, where's your where's your metaphors? Where where's your where's your wordplay? So on and so forth. And yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. guys like Jay Z, like Jay's, like like such an amazing MC. The way he's able to put his words together and still be 
a mature, distinguished MC. And I, yeah. I hope to age as gracefully as Jay has when it comes to, to that. But there was a point in time where Jay wasn't, he, a lot of his subject matter um, could have matured faster. And, yeah, he was stuck for a little bit there. Yeah, and, and part of it yeah. was, was not knowing, like, will my fans let me grow older? You know, and I think, like, when he realized that, he could, that he's Jay-Z, like, <laughs> yeah. you can, if there's anybody that can, that can take the chance of, of trying to create music that um, is older, it's you, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you listen to something like like Story of OJ. That's like a perfect example of. Oh, he's talking about like long term investment planning. That's but it's yeah. Sounds, it's but like I listen to it when I work out. Yeah. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Obviously, you can't predict the future, but like if you had to try, like, how do you see your, your rap, or I mean, your, I don't want to call it rap, your music, like evolving as into the future. Um, and like, I don't know if, if rap is like a forever thing for you, like if you're going to be like, you know, in the retirement home, just battling people, <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or, or maybe it is something where you feel as though like, there is like an expiry date on it. And at some point, like, I, I guess you, you'd have to answer that, but. Um, yeah, how do you see things changing going forward? Um, well, what's funny about it is that if you would have asked me prior to the pandemic, um, this next decade was a decade where I wanted to do a lot more touring over in Europe. I wanted to eventually go to Africa because um, I'm told about the hip hop scenes in Nigeria. Um, mm -hmm. And I really want to, 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 I've never been to the continent, so I, I definitely have to go. But when I look at people like Tech Nine, who have continued to make great music and are, are traveling the world, performing their music. That's one of my goals uh, moving out of this pandemic. Um, so I definitely still want to create music. And I, and I love sharing experiences with, with, with an audience. I love having a band behind me and, and just uh, really just finding a way to take people's experiences and, and have them say, hey, like, you just you just create, like you said what I have been feeling for the longest time, but didn't know how to articulate, you know? So yeah. um, the next 10 years, I see myself um, with, as it relates to music, um, still want to perform, but obviously that, that uh, uh, yeah, that's, that I've got to make sure I'm, I'm healthy. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, to be on the road all the time is, is, is very, very taxing, but I definitely, I still want to record music um but the thing with me is that i've always been an artist who's taken time to work on his projects so that, that that way they're timeless you know so um i also want to get into more songwriting um it's something that i've been exploring for the last little while here like songwriting like for, for other, other people, people. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah um and i've been able to make a lot of cool connections that i'm hoping to uh tap into in the next uh next four or five years or so um and also filmmaking that's become a big thing for me um the last few the over the last year i've been directing and editing all the videos uh with some help from my team uh into my natalie and uh michael mcdonald so um that's another area that i want to get into and uh yeah i think that but it's it's all yeah like hip-hop will always be at the, the root of of everything that i do you know so yeah, yeah. even the way I, I approach filmmaking i think is very like 
Spike Lee was the, was the guy when we were younger. So, yeah, um, yeah. and he was influenced so much by hip hop as far as his filmmaking goes. So, I think it's just always going to be a part of what I do, you know. And now, here's Kind Regards by Arlo Maverick, recorded live this summer at CJSR Studios. You're listening to CJSR, the rising star FM 88, infinity twice on the side. On the microphone in full-blown, no-moan, afrophone, it's me. The Grand High Exalted, Never Faulted, Rock of Gibraltar, Cobalt Coyote, the Sinister Minister Faust, vibrating and syncopating inside the Pharaoh's Chamber of the Phantom Pyramid. Coming up next, Magnificent Old Gold, the glories of E-Town hip-hop from the days when Spike Lee had just done the right thing, when the only Marley we talked about was Bob, and a mobile phone was bolted inside a limousine. You want to stay mellow, then let Jay Mellow produce the cut, which he did for this maverick named Arlo, and the politic is live. Give my best to everybody, but for you, it's kind regards. Billion dollar dreams, riding in a hoopty. City on my back, pinned to my loose sleeve. Olympia, where cadence is our weapon. From bigs to grits, yo, we breathe rap legends. Hip hop, a hunger, put food on plates. Instigate, we dominate mixtapes. Miss Sands controlled the airways. We learned to build labels from a cat named Waves. It was a B Boy era. Hitman Supreme, Mr. Frame changed the game with dynamic routines. Curtis Black was an archetype. Hip hop personified. Had an NY Connect, so was Gave Us Fly. Nala and Voyager 1, those were the sound crew. They set the vibe, and the crowd move. So much to touch, yo, we barely scratch. So after these messages, we'll be right back. E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N, come again. E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N, come again. Pocket full of memories, typical recluse with some fresh shit or remedy. City of champs, just one of many names for the place we rain stacks. Ain't always peak game. Before. Click got the million all checks. Before. Mystic was a world class chef. Before. Socks referenced his index. We was at Sports World, learning from vets. Too young for the club, but the closest thing. And to us, it was more than a roller ring. Fast forward to the impetus, clearly definitive. Best rap video, never could they picture this. Inspiration for the many who follow. At times felt embargoed. Trust me, it's a long road. But from 182 to 118, they will know our names. They will know these streets. E D M O N T O N. Come again. E D M O N. 
that's all for our show today. Thanks again to Arlo Maverick. Today's show is produced by Tom DeKezi and myself, Biboye Onanuga. High Local Hip Hop is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. The first two episodes of our series are out right now, so go check them out. And make sure to keep it locked to 88.5 FM, Tuesdays at 9 p.m. for future episodes. Find us online at highlevelhiphop.transistor.fm and on Facebook and Instagram at highlevelhiphop. You can also email highlevelhiphop at gmail.com and let us know what you think of the show. Our artwork is done by Esther Diamalanta and original music by Sasha Liebrand. Special thanks to Miles Wilkinson for recording all the tracks. Until next time, bye humans. Thank you.